You're listening to episode number 30 of the Vine Podcast. In today's episode, I'll be talking about your recipe index. As a food blogger, this page can be a super valuable resource for your audience. I'll break down what a recipe index is and what it should have on it, and then I'll be sharing four different ways you can customize a recipe index to fit your audience, and finally, how you can promote your recipe index so that people actually see it. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back, friends. I am really excited to jump right into this episode topic. I have been working on the outline for this episode for a couple of weeks, if not a month at this point, and I'm just really excited to finally have all of the information that I want to pack into this episode to talk about recipe indexes and why they are so important for food bloggers. Now, if you are new to listening to this podcast, I just want to take a quick second to introduce myself. My name is Madison, and I am a web designer and brand strategist at Grace and Vine Studios, and it is a web design studio that is specifically designed for food bloggers just like you. So if you are looking for support in the areas of web design or graphic design, or you're looking to redesign your website this year, I would love to chat with you. I am usually booked out a few months in advance, and so I usually like to mention that in case redesigning your website is something that you have on your to-do list for this year. So definitely feel free to reach out and we can chat about what options we have for working together. Now, I also wanted to share that if you have feedback or topic ideas that you would like for me to cover in this podcast, you can go to thevinepodcast.com and there's a form right on that page where you can give episode ideas or just general feedback or you are always more than welcome to reach out to me on Instagram over at Grace and Vine over there and I would love to hear your ideas and I would love to hear what you are struggling with and would like for me to cover and help to give you information on. And as always, I love seeing you guys share these episodes on Instagram and just helping me to reach more food bloggers. It's also just so encouraging to see that you guys are getting so much out of these episodes and really starting to take action on the things that you're learning. It really means so much to me. Okay, so let's dive into the meat of this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about your recipe index. And I first want to mention that I know there has been some chatter recently about whether or not you need a recipe index for your blog. And I want to first just say that there are situations where you may not need a recipe index. Depending on what your homepage looks like and how your blog is set up, you may not need one. But I think that if you design a recipe index strategically and it is not just a part of your blog that you think of as an afterthought, It can be a really valuable resource for your readers, and I'm going to show you how it can be valuable and also how you can get your readers to understand what the recipe index is for and how they can use it in this episode. So I just wanted to bring up that I know that there is some talk in the industry right now about 
getting rid of your recipe index, that it's a useless part of your website. And I think that can be true in some cases, but I do think that there is a lot of potential to make it work for you. And so I hope that you will see that in the different ways that I'm going to break down this episode and talk to you about this really valuable part of your website. So first, if you do not know what a recipe index is, it is basically a visual grid or index of your recipe categories. This should not just be a blog roll of all of the recipes on your site, and it shouldn't just be something that kind of happens by default for your theme. It's really a page that you are specifically designing, and there's a couple of different ways that they can be designed that I'll get into later. But for now, just know that this is a page that you're going to put some intention behind and really have a strategy for. So this page is a really great way to let your readers browse your recipes, but still in a curated way versus a page that is just going to show hundreds of recipes that can really lead to a poor user experience and just overwhelm your readers in trying to find what they're looking for. A recipe index differs from your homepage because your homepage should be showcasing a handful of categories, and in my experience, most food blogs have anywhere between 5 and 20 categories, so a recipe index can really give you an easy way to showcase posts from a variety of categories in a simplified way, whereas if you were to do that on your homepage, it would be extremely overwhelming as sort of a first impression for someone on your site. Now, I have done a lot of theme installations over the years, and... A lot of themes, pre-made themes, have a recipe index that out of the box is going to just be widgets that you throw in maybe the most recent four posts from a specific category, and you do that on repeat for maybe five to ten categories. Again, this is not really going to provide a very good user experience, and it's really not going to let someone filter down and find the type of recipe that they're looking for. A recipe index should really be able to help your reader to find what they're looking for, give them an overview of kind of the different types of recipes and categories you have on your site, and really turn into a valuable resource that they can turn to when they are planning their menu for the week or they're trying to come up with something for dinner for that night. And so it's really going to depend as always on your audience and what they're looking for and how they use your site. And some of that you're going to have to just infer from what you know about your readers, unless you feel like you can really get input from your audience specifically. And then I think that's an amazing thing to do before you really work on this recipe index page. But depending on what your audience is and what they're needing from you, There are four different ways that I'm going to talk about in how you can customize your recipe index. Now, some of these are going to be more advanced and some of them are going to be really easy for you to do. And it's all going to depend a little bit on how your theme is set up and whether or not you're using a recipe index template that is part of your theme or if you're using just a regular page that you are designing. I also want to mention that if you are not using Gutenberg yet, this would be a really great way to experiment with Gutenberg because there is so much flexibility when you use Gutenberg for a page like this, and it can really make it super easy for you to design a really thought out page, even if you are not using a theme that has a template for a recipe index. The first way that you can customize your recipe index is by showing all of your recipes but with category buttons at the top to sort of filter by category. Now this is not an example where it's going to be a live filter. I'm going to talk about that example later, but this is just going to be something where people can browse recipes but also have a way to dig into your content more. This is probably my least preferred way of breaking down your recipe index simply because it still does give that overwhelming 
look at all of your content sort of at a glance, but it is a good way to at least have a more customized experience than just all of your recipes with no way to really filter or categorize based on that list. The next example is a recipe index template that's part of your theme. So I've alluded to this a couple of times, but many of the most popular themes for food bloggers have some sort of a recipe index template because that has been something that you have been told to have pretty much since food bloggers became a big industry a couple of years ago. Everybody always talks about needing a recipe index, and so most themes that are designed for food bloggers are going to have some sort of recipe index template. Now this is going to be a part of the editor of your page where you're actually able to select this page template. It's a specifically coded template for this recipe index. And usually it's going to give you widgets that are part of that page specifically that you can control and put in different types of content based on those widgets. So some things that you want to have if you're using that type of recipe index is you want to make sure that there's a search bar. Usually there's going to be a search bar as part of your website as a whole, but especially if this page doesn't have a sidebar or the search bar is not visible very easily, you're going to want to make sure that the search bar is a part of this actual recipe index page. You might also have category dropdowns, again, giving people a way to filter by category. And this is something where even if you have that on another part of your page or your website, you want to remember that this page in and of itself is the resource for your readers. And so you want to make sure it has everything that you need your reader to have in order to be able to find the content they're looking for. So a category dropdown can be a really easy way for someone to instantly go to a category they're looking for. And then as I've alluded to with this example already, then you would have sort of the recent recipes from different categories. Now, I always get the question about how many categories you should display on a recipe index. And again, this is one of those situations where the answer is it depends on your audience. It depends on your blog itself. But I would say no more than six or seven categories should be displayed on this recipe index. So I mentioned in the episode a few weeks ago where I talked about your homepage, if you were to really think about your blog in only five to six categories, what would those categories be? Those are the ones that you really want to showcase on your recipe index. But you also might think about what kind of a resource you want this to be for your audience. And maybe this recipe index becomes a dietary index where people are able to see your recipes based on their dietary needs or filter by what course this recipe goes into. Really think about what would be the most helpful for your audience and think less about what would showcase your content the best because you really want this page to be a resource for your audience. And so the more you can really lean into what they need from you and what would be the most helpful for them, that's what's going to make this recipe index a true resource and not just another blog role of your most recent posts. The third way that you can customize your recipe index is by creating a page that has category images or buttons that link to the actual category pages. Now this might be just part of your recipe index. You may have your recent posts from different categories displaying later on on this page. But this can be a really good way, again, to get people to find the category that they're looking for and really dive into that category page specifically. And this is going to be important if you have category pages that you've optimized for SEO and you've really put the time into making those category pages a resource as well. If you're just linking to the category page that's going to just show all of your recent posts from that category, it may not be as helpful as if those pages have been 
really thought out and you've put the time into making sure that category page is useful for your reader as well. But this can also be a really good way to really create a visual index of the recipes and the categories by just showcasing one image per category to, again, help someone dive into those categories more. The last way that you can customize your recipe index is by using an advanced recipe index that has the live filtering feature. This has gotten really popular over the last maybe year to year and a half, and most people are using the plugin WP Facet to make this recipe index work. Now, basically what it does is it helps you to filter through posts. So you start with a page that has all of your recipes listed on it. Then usually on the sidebar, there is a way to filter the recipes based on the category or the course, cuisine, etc. And so this is a really great way to create something for your audience that is super useful and valuable. But I mentioned this option last because it requires a premium plugin. So it's one of the least accessible ways to customize your recipe index if you are not in a position where you want to spend money on a premium plugin. And in my experience, it's not as easy to just install this plugin and have it work. There usually is some sort of advanced development that is required, and it just depends on how your blog was set up in the first place, specifically with your categories and how things are displayed. I won't get too technical in this, but I will just say that I've had many experiences where I thought setting this up for a client would be really easy and ended up being a bit of a coding nightmare to make it all work. So, Take it with a grain of salt that this is a really, really cool feature, but this might be one of those situations where it is worth hiring this out to someone like me who's a developer who can help you to put this into place into your blog. But it definitely creates a very customized experience for your readers when you use something like this to add that live filtering option into your recipe index. And I just want to mention one more time that you really want to make sure that this page is adding value to your readers. You don't want it to be just another page on your website that showcases your content in sort of the same way. And it's something that your readers just don't even know exists or they certainly don't find value in using that page. You really want to ask yourself what you can add to this page or how you can display your posts in a way that adds value to your audience and really helps them to solve the struggles that they're having. Again, to be able to really do this effectively, you have to know who your audience is and you have to know what they're struggling with so that you can create this page as a resource for them. Now, I want to touch on how you can promote your recipe index because this is the part that I think most people miss. And I will be completely transparent here. This is something that I missed in my own blog for many, many years up until recently. Part of the reason that it took me so long to work on this episode is I kept going back and forth on whether or not I even wanted to do this episode because I know that for most people, your recipe index traffic is less than 1% of your overall traffic for your site. And that doesn't really show that it's a huge, valuable resource for your audience. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think part of that is that most people are not strategically designing this page and really thinking through what their audience needs. And I also think that people are just not promoting this page at all. It's a part of your website that you set up when you are setting up your website, and it's sort of a set it and forget it type of page. It's not one that you update very often, and it's not one that you ever talk about. And so I think being in the food blogging industry, recipe index is something that's normal to us. To your audience, 
that is not a normal thing that they understand. And I'm not saying that they're not intelligent enough to understand it. It's just that they haven't been exposed to it. And so part of this is going to be educating your audience on what this recipe index is and how they can use it. And the other part is going to be just talking about it. I think if you're going to put the time into this recipe index to make it valuable for your readers, then you should talk about it. You should try to get your readers to use it. And that is going to make this page a much more valuable resource and also increase the amount of traffic that is going to this recipe index. So when you create a recipe index, it's not enough just to put it into your navigation. That doesn't really mean that anyone is going to click on it or see it and If it's really adding value to your readers, then you should want to promote it. You should want to tell your audience about it. Here are a few ideas for how you can promote your recipe index. Don't assume that people will know that it's there or just because you created it and put it on your navigation that people are going to use it. You definitely want to make sure it's a part of your navigation so that if people see it, they can find it that way. But you also can link to it on other places on your site. For example, you can make it a part of your homepage. You can make this one of those big call to actions that I talked about in episode 27, all about what to put on your homepage. But this can really be a big call out section, make it bold and make people see it so they will understand that you want them to go to it. You can also put this right after your blog posts. A lot of themes have a widget area specifically after the blog post that will show on every single blog post. This is a great place to put a call to action to get people to click over to your recipe index. I will say that I just did this about a week and a half ago on my own blog because I wanted to do a little bit of an experiment before I recorded this episode. And I was able to see a huge jump in the traffic to that page You know, I'm still not seeing hundreds of people going to this recipe index, but my blog's traffic is really small to begin with. But I am seeing anywhere between a 200 to 400% increase in how many people are going to that page. And all I did was add a simple call to action at the bottom of every blog post. If you think about it, think about how many blog posts you have on your website. And if this is a part of every single blog post, chances are some people are going to click through. And if someone clicks from your blog post to your recipe index and then to one more page, all of a sudden you go from having one page view for that one person to having three page views for that one person. And so the more people that do that, the higher your traffic's going to be without needing more people to come to your site. I think all of us are always looking for more return users, you know, more pages per session. And this is a really easy way to do that by giving people the option to find out more. You can also add a call to action to your sidebar. And I'm not necessarily saying you have to do all of these different things. Maybe try one and see how it goes. See if it increases the amount of people going to that page and then add another one later to see which one is working better. But adding it to your sidebar is a really great way to remind people that it's there. And I think it's important to also tell people what it is. Don't just say, click to my recipe index. Say something about what that index is and what they can expect to find. And again, how it can help them. You can also highlight this in your emails. In last week, I talked about five different emails that you can send your email list. This is another great one that you can add to it. Talk about it like it's the resource that it is. Say, hey, I have this great resource for you where you can browse my content by X, Y, and Z. You can browse it by category or meal type or diet type, depending on how you have your recipe index set up, but really show your audience what this is and how they can use it. You can also talk about this on social media. You can record a screenshot of what your recipe index looks like, or even record a screen video where you are showing people how to get to it on your site and how to browse through it. 
Again, this is something that is so close to you as a food blogger that you probably use recipe indexes all the time for different blogs that you might be browsing. But for your reader who is typically coming just from Pinterest to one blog post and then leaving, you're going to have to show them why they should want to go to your recipe index and why it's such a valuable resource for them. So physically show them how to do this and where to go to find this and make it a part of your normal promotion when you are promoting other blog posts as well. This can just be another valuable resource that you are trying to point people to. Again, if you are putting time into creating this strategic recipe index, it makes sense for you to share it with your audience and tell them about it because it's such a valuable resource. This is not just something that you did for fun that has no value for them, but you are doing it specifically for your audience to help them find the content that they need to find. I really hope that you learned a thing or two today about recipe indexes and why they are important. I know, like I've said a couple of times, that there is chatter in the industry right now about whether or not these pages are necessary. And I would say if you have been considering deleting your recipe index or just not worrying about it at all, try a few of these things and see if you can make it more valuable for your readers. I think there's a lot of potential to make this valuable for your readers, but it's going to require a little bit of thought and a little bit of work to make that happen. But if you are able to do that for your readers, you are already going to build so much trust with them and they are really going to want to come back to your site to find content because they know how to use your site and they know what to expect. And so this can be a huge moment of connection with your audience and really showing them that you are the expert and that you want to help them. There's a huge difference in just being able to spit out content to somebody versus really listening to them and giving them what they need. And your recipe index could be a part of that puzzle. Now, if you take any action from this blog post and you make some changes to your recipe index, I would love to hear how it goes. I will make a quick note that in Google Analytics, there is a feature where you can make an annotation in your analytics, which basically is just a note that you can leave in your analytics on a specific date for when you change something. So I use those annotations for whenever I change hosting or maybe delete a page or redirect an old blog post or something like that. Any big change that I make on my site, I'll make an annotation just so I can make sure that my traffic doesn't dip from it or there isn't some big change that comes from it. So in this example, it would be awesome for you to make an annotation in Google Analytics showing that you updated this recipe index page so that in even a week or a month or six months, you can go back and look and see how the traffic changed to this page. And if you see a big increase in your traffic from this and see more people going to that page, I would love to hear about it. I think this is really an untapped potential for food bloggers. And so if it works for you and you see good results, I would love to hear about them. So definitely feel free to reach out and share them with me because I would be really excited to celebrate that with you. All right, friends, that is it for today. Hope you learned something about recipe indexes and I cannot wait to see what you do with yours. Until next time, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.